Chapter 5 Rites of Summoning The way of Till discouraged immortalizing past don'ts masters by naming things after them, the obvious exception, was Dunmeadow Plaza. But there was another one, known only to the followers of the way and the few scholarly types who came to visit the abbey. It occupied an enormous series of halls on the east wing. The library of Dun Francis Le Miller was not as large as the library at the garden, but what it lacked in quantity, a mere 20,000 volumes, it made up for with quality. The books, scrolls, and parchments here were lovingly organized, curated, and maintained by an order within the way known as the Readers. These men were full Donesmasters, but preferred the honorific Reader over Dunn. The Hargath had considered a life as a reader once. That was before he truly understood the power available to him through the Mercosine. But the library of Dun Francis Le Miller held jewels of knowledge, much of it appropriated from the Radiance Estates during the Great Purge of Light. Some of these texts were filled with heresies about so-called small gods and the fern-eater cult. These abominable practices were outlawed by the Synod of the New Pantheon, and the books were declared wrong. Possession of one of them could result in numerous punishments, including burning at the stake. The Hargath now walked among the stacks, breathing in the calming scent of the books. The aged leather bindings gave off a perfume he associated with his most joyful days as a young acolyte. The men attending him walked a few paces behind. He didn't need help to stay upright anymore, and he certainly didn't want to hear the repulsive sound of his elderly servant's breath whistling in and out of his nostrils. That old man was at the end of his usefulness entirely. Soon he would have to go. A pity. Perhaps he'd be allowed to live while he trained a young replacement. The other man in attendance was the head of the library, Reader Oloft. He was quiet, and his nostrils did not whistle when he breathed. He smelled clean, and his voice was naturally soft. These qualities made him tolerable to the Hargath. Demainic summoning is just to your right, Sir Hargath, the man said. His voice was deferential, but also colored with disapproval. Such materials were not for respectable people. The library kept the volumes merely for the sake of completeness, but also against the day a Demainser showed up in Starside and the order needed to study the ways of their enemy. The Hargath held in his mirth. There had been Demainsers in Starside since he and Marlowe had arrived from their far-flung plantation. They had pilfered numerous books from this section, seeking the keys to bringing Demain to this world to do their bidding. But the Hargath had not had the knack for it Marlowe had. What the Hargath, then known as Acolyte Ten, possessed was an ability to influence the minds of those around him. The power had quickly flowered, and he could not keep his ability secret from then highest Simon. His path had necessarily turned away from Demancy when he became so painfully sensitive to light and sound he'd been forced to put out his eyes and seek refuge in his crypt. He stopped and turned to the books in question. His long, thin fingers trailed over the spines, feeling the leather and the embossed gold letter work. Is there a volume the Seer Hargath specifically desires? Reader Olaf asked. I could pull it down for you. And who will read it to me? The Hargath said. These words are not safe for any simple acolyte's eyes and mind. The reader cleared his throat. 
Perhaps a reader could be spared to read you a few passages. The man didn't sound too keen on having to give the assignment to one of his charges. May I ask why the seer has this sudden interest? Because there was a domain of the highest order in my crypt when I awoke. It stole something of great value to me. I would recall it, retrieve my possession, and punish the beast for its insolence. A strangled gulp was followed by, I see. Well, of course, I am only too happy to assist you. I suppose Fromm's on summoning fell beasts would be the place to begin. I must admit, I have only glanced through it. The book is wrong. You do understand, do you not? The Hargath understood completely. The reader had likely read the entire volume with great interest. It was the nature of man to do that which was forbidden to him. The Hargath did not care. He merely wanted his Ishmila returned to him. Fromm was an imbecile, repeating stories told by half-witted treswives. Pull down Rigoths. The gasp that followed his utterance was truly magnificent. The name of the kill turned Don'smaster Rigoths was not to be spoken within the walls of the abbey. The Hargath didn't care for such rules. Was Highest Benel going to confront him and make him do penance? No. Reader Oloft knew the Hargath wasn't subject to the usual order of discipline. He merely bowed and called to an assistant for his gloves to be brought. Rigoth's book on domainic summoning might be declared wrong, but that was no excuse to defile it with one's bare hands. The Hargath felt the tension radiating from the head librarian. It gave him a slight headache. If Rigoth's words offend you too much, you can seek penance from Highest Benel when we are done. The reader's robes rustled, and his lips smacked as he pulled down the volume in question. His odor turned sour, and he continuously cleared his throat. The Hargus elderly servant came forward to guide him toward a reading room the reader had prepared. Not needing this assistance, the Hargus shrugged free from the old man's grip and touched his mind with fear. A gasp and a forlorn cry was followed by the putrid reek of the man having soiled himself. Attend to yourself, man. I shall call for you if I have need of your assistance. The seer continued unaided. He did not need anyone to be his eyes for the mere purpose of walking into a room. He could feel the space around him better than most men could see it. The Mercosine reported to him all that surrounded him, though he did not know how it did so. Till's grace lay upon him. That was enough. In the reading room, the reader opened the volume and flipped through the introductory pages. I am unfamiliar with the rites of summoning, seer. Forgive me while I take a moment to... Chapter 13, Oloft. Yes, seer. Then followed the sound of pages being flipped and the wash of dry, musty odor of very old paper. The Hargath even detected the earthy note of the oak galls used in the ink. The man cleared his throat four more times before beginning to read. The subject at hand is the summoning of high-order domain. This is not to be attempted lightly. The dangers are well known, and if one has a heart full of skip the warnings, Oloft, Rigos was brilliant but superstitious. Get to the summoning. I need names and stones. That is all I care about. The reader mumbled under his breath as he read through the useless introductory matter, the Hargath remembered feeling the same impatience when he'd first read the book. 
Why couldn't a writer get to the point at the outset? Why did they always bury their useful material beneath mounds of wordy inanity? If only there existed a person to read the manuscript and cross out such superfluities. Alas. Finally, the reader cleared his throat and read, The stones needed are ten in number, their sizes are these. One like an apple of the mire tree, two the size of an autumn pumpkin, three of a man's head, four of a pig's orbs. The reader made an odd coughing noise and his robes rustled. He continued into the Hargus silence. These the domainsor must place in the shape of the crown and repeat the invocation ten times without error. The spell, for want of a better word, is a naming rite. Calling attention of the father, Olaf groaned. The Hargus said, Simply reading what is before you does not put the words into your heart. I will not condemn you for speaking the phrase, Father, kill. As you say, but allow me to continue with what follows immediately after that blasphemy. Calling the attention of kill, for whom names are of utmost power. If he smiles upon your efforts, the stones shall receive these names and remain unknown to the summoned domain. Should the beast learn but one of the stone's names, it will break free of all bonds and wreak havoc untold. Many are the dead who have witnessed this carnage. Few are those who have done so and survived. All of hell's worst tortures are the carnival of the fire lords. Beware. Such dramatic writing. While the Hargath did not doubt the dangers, such dire warnings did not but ignite curiosity in the young. Such had been the case for him and Marlowe, but Kill didn't listen to the Hargath, and so the stone names did not take. But Marlowe was favored of Kill, and his summonings succeeded without fail. This presented a problem for the Hargath. There was no reason to believe his invocations would meet with more success now, he was clearly favored of Till, and so the despised god would do nothing to aid him. He would have to pursue other means. There was one, besides Marlowe, who he was confident could summon the beast. Unfortunately, she despised him, and not without reason. But now that he thought about it, she would be perfect, and getting her to the stones might not be all that difficult. The seer closed his empty eyes and felt along the mercasine web for his old servant. The man was a flickering candle among dim flames, but the Hargath knew his servant's light as well as he knew Kyla's eyes. The man felt the Hargath summons and showed up wheezing a quarter of an hour later. Reader Olaf sat in silence except for the occasional nervous throat clearing. The Hargath didn't dismiss him. There was another matter to address with the man. The elderly servant bustled in. Sir, how may I assist you? I require an audience with my sister. Sir, an audience? Do I make a habit of saying things I do not mean? No, I shall send for her at once. No, I will go to her. She remembers me as I was. I will enjoy surprising her with my renewed vigor. Send notice that I am coming. Then arrange for a carriage. Horse-drawn. I cannot abide those foul atlans. Yes, sir. The man scurried away to make arrangements. 
Reader Oloft, the Hargath said, what you will feel next is pain. The man uttered a questioning grunt and then started to gasp and convulse, fingernails scratching at the table. The Hargath didn't need to touch the man's head to enter his mind. The process of blanking a man's memories was simple if you didn't mind tearing holes in it. With time and practice, one could put in all manner of false memories to cover what was blanked. But the Hargath didn't have time to waste on a nothing like Reader Oloft, and he didn't much care about the consequences to the man. He would likely not serve as head reader for long, but most importantly, he would have no memory of the Hargath reading from a book declared wrong nor would he know that the Hargath was bound for Grissonside and the estate of his sister, radiant Junie Pauline.